0: He was like, My bottom line's one twenty eight. I was like, okay. You know, walked away, you know, thought about it. It was like, All right, we can do it. Yeah. So I locked it up and I was able to sell it to a buyer in California for I believe it was two twenty. Mm. So I was able to maximize the deal and I was able to close on it, double close on that deal and make a uh, ninety two thousand. Love it.
1: to another podcast episode. I'm your host, Brent Daniels, Mr. TTP, Mr. Talk to People, and I am excited. We have an unbelievable guest on the podcast today. He does business in Akron, Ohio, where he lives. He also does business in Cleveland and in Vegas. He's the owner of two, not one, but two Keegley franchises, and he's only been doing this business eight months. He's closed over 50 deals. He is on fire. He did his first deal in just three weeks. So we're going to find out how he made such an impact so quickly in this business, but also how he's building his business every single week and really, really building momentum right now. It is my pleasure to introduce Jameson Williams. How
0: are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me.
1: Good to see you. (laughs) <laughs> well, let's break this thing down. So you got out of college, you're yeah. in college, you study finance, you study CIS, yes, you get out of college, then you jump right into real estate. Yeah. Is that right?
0: Yeah. So I was in college, I had a business that I was starting up, pandemic came, and then I was like, okay, I try to raise some money. And it was pretty hard to raise some money when the pandemic first happened. So I had a buddy of mine who got into wholesale, and he showed me a $14,000 check. Uh-huh. And when I saw it, I was like, Wow how how did you do this and he broke it down to me i was like okay i think i could try to do this at the time moved back to my parents pandemic happened and i was ready to take some risks so i did
1: you were going to start what kind of business
0: right out of college so i was going to kind of start uh you know a rental subscription business in fashion so that was my idea i tried to raise a decent amount of money but i was having some trouble doing that i really didn't have the understanding on how to raise money sure but you know once i got into real estate i figured that out as well so
1: so this friend of yours is he just walking around with a $14,000 check? Is he just like telling you like what's going on? Did you, were you just like, yeah, I'm not sure what I'm gonna do. And he's like, well, maybe you should check out real estate. Like how does this even come up in conversation? You know what I mean? Like people will go their whole lives, never hearing wholesale real estate put together into a sentence. You hear it fresh out of college when you're just like, I mean, you got the time, the pandemic's here, you're ready to go, you got a strong business mind. It's kind of like the perfect, you know, alchemy of ingredients here to like
0: set you up in this business. No. 100%. 100%. I'm scrolling on Instagram one day and you know, when people get that first check, they post it, right? Got it. And I'm like, wow, wow. I messaged him. I was like, bro, how did you do this? Like, yeah. What are you doing? He told me and I was like, okay, yeah, I can do it too. <laughs> and this is in Ohio? Yeah, this is in Ohio. Awesome. Yeah. Seller finance deal. He sold it to an buyer made 14000 And so what did he tell you to do? really told me to take action. Really, one of the first things that I started doing was I started watching some of your podcasts, other podcasts out there, Mm -hmm. and I just started soaking up that information, right?
1: The podcast that you're on right now.
0: Yeah, the podcast (laughs) that I'm on right now.
1: (laughs) 18 months later. Yeah, right. I mean, honestly, 18 months later, and then you jumped into a deal. It took you three weeks to get your deal. Now, I emphasize that in the beginning of this conversation because usually, I mean, it takes like three months to six months to do your first deal. Somehow you were able to shorten that timeline way down and get a deal with within three weeks. So give everybody your secret sauce. How did you do it so fast? Where did you go direct to the seller? Where you just did you find a deal and you sold it to one of your cash buyers? Like how'd that work?
0: Yeah. So what I did was we bought a list. Well, actually I didn't buy a list. It was an old list that one of my buddies had Mm -hmm. and I just started calling off my phone. So
1: he gave you a list with the phone numbers. Yeah. You've got zero money invested so far. Zero money invested
0: so far. Had a Google number. And then I just start calling. I start calling every day in my parents' basement. We we'll just keep calling, keep calling, keep calling. Then I found a guy who just went through the probate process. He was ready to sell his dad's house and you know, hopped on the phone and you know, started talking to them, went out to check out the property and ended up locking the contract up and just threw it on Facebook marketplace. Love it.
1: So is it the same friend that you were scrolling with before they gave you the list or was it somebody yeah, else? Same friend. All right. So this friend, you were like, Hey, do you have somebody that I could call? And he's like, well, I got these old lists that you can go through. I think it's a phenomenal strategy. Yeah. I really do. Because I mean, if they're just sitting there, somebody's already paid for them to be skip traced or get the phone numbers. 100%. It's a list of distressed properties.
0: Yeah. No, hundred percent. And it's like these lists, you know, people might pay for lists after lists after lists, but go through your old lists, recycle those old lists. I mean, Oh, we're making a fortune on it right (laughs) Right? now. We are. Follow up.
1: You know, our number one list this year is our dead lead list. When we went and pre-qualified all these sellers, and probably the same in your business, but when we pre-qualified all these sellers, they wanted way too much, right? They wanted way too much, way too much, way too much. But now we can buy them, right? So we've been just making a ton off of these. And as the market's making this transition, as inflation's going up and interest rates go up accordingly, buyers get a little bit tighter and sellers start feeling that. And then all of a sudden, those people that have been sitting on the sidelines, they start making
0: decisions. Yeah, they're ready to go. Yeah.
1: So you called up this person. Weren't you nervous? Did you even know what to say? Like, what did you say to this person? Did you just called them <laughs> up and said, hey, I see inherited a property. Do you want to sell it?
0: So I had the address and I was just. Hey, 123 Main Street, are you interested in selling? And it was actually underneath his dad's name, but they actually had the same name. Yeah. So I called him, I asked him if he was interested in selling his property, and it was just, we just had a conversation. It was like, you know, how important is it to just build that rapport, hear somebody's situation, let them talk. And he was just talking and, you know, we made a connection and, you know, he was ready to sell.
1: Weren't you nervous? You're sitting in the basement- yeah. Making these calls to a list, you've never probably had a conversation with any property owners about selling their house for cash, yeah. right? <laughs> never. And these are your first conversations. How did you get over the fear of that? Because a lot of people, had that's the biggest hurdle is everybody's like, wait, you know, I got to get ready and I got to watch another video and I got to listen to another podcast before I go take action. Yeah. You just took action.
0: Yeah. I mean, one of my biggest things that I stand on is fortune favors the bold, right? Yep. So, I mean, if I don't call, I'm not on the show. Right. 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 If I do call, I'm on the show. Right. Yeah. And it's just about also just visualizing what could possibly happen. You know, I see one guy that I'm scrolling on Instagram, he makes 14,000. Why can't it be me? Why can't it be you?
1: So you're seeing that and you're not saying, oh, he must be doing something weird or how did he get that? Or you're feeling, you're like, oh, wow, he did it. I can do that. I wonder what he did. Yeah. Right. It's a different perspective, though. It really is. Cause some people are like, oh, this person's bragging. This person's out there, you know, trying to be flashy and they want to just, you know, totally like be negative towards that. But you were like, wait a second. Yeah. Let me
0: reach out here. 100%. When I saw it, I just thought it was an opportunity for me. Sure. You know, God always puts things in your life at the perfect time, right? And that was the opportunity for me to take action, right? Take that imperfect action. So what, I mess up, yeah. you know? I'll call somebody else, <laughs> you know? So like, and that's what it was for me. You know, I was calling sellers, didn't know what to say. I'm on the phone, I'll mute it really quick, ask my buddy, hey man, what do I say on this? And he'll tell me something to say. And then, you know, it also, it comes from just watching YouTube videos as well. Sure. You know, there's so much information out there. If you just look, right? Yep. I mean, people pay for the information it is more so you're paying for the community as well. And it's to the mentor, but it's just like, take that imperfect action, man, and take a step, right? So what do you mess up? On to the next.
1: Yeah, and I hope that this podcast, whether somebody sees it on the YouTube channel or listening to it, is that spark for them. You know what I mean? They're like, okay, all of a sudden, they hear you doing it, and they're like, I can do this too, and go out and take action. That's the whole point of these podcasts, is to show that like you don't have to have supernatural powers or have some like rich uncle that gives you a bunch of money to be a real estate investor or parents or whatever it is. You can go out there and just... With your own skills and ability and that fire in your belly, you can go and have a decent conversation with somebody that owns an ugly house.
0: Yeah, 100%. So, so
1: how was this house, this first deal that you did? Was it in rough shape? Was it decent?
0: Yeah, so it was decent, but here's what I did. It was it had all of his dad's old clothes and everything, and I decided, right, I had 1500 bucks to my name at this point. Mm-hmm. I decided, all right, I'm going to call a clean-out service. I'm going to completely clean this property out, and then I'm going to try to sell it. And it was a little risk because it was just under contract, right? But I didn't completely buy it. So I completely cleaned the property out and then I throw it on Facebook Marketplace, have about six or seven guys that are interested. And we ended up making seventeen thousand on it. So awesome. Yeah. So wait, it was just a clean cash
1: as is offer?
0: Yep. Clean cash as offer. Right. Yeah.
1: And so what did you lock it up for? What did you sell it for? So the guy only
0: wanted 13 for it. Uh-huh. And we sold it for 30.
1: Mm. I love it. Yeah. He wanted $13,000. Yeah. It was filled and it was in decent shape. Did you sell it to a buy and hold investor?
0: I think it was a fix and flipper. I'm not sure what his end strategy was. Yeah. But he just came through and he he paid cash. I had a couple offers, one at 27, one at 24, another at 15. And then I negotiated the last guy up to 30 and we were able to get it done.
1: So how many
0: people did you talk to on this list before you talked to this guy and got your first deal? I think the list was about 1,500. Uh-huh. So- I want to say probably I was calling for about two weeks. I was just calling. Yeah. Yeah. And then I connected to one guy. and then... So it wasn't
1: like the first person you talked to. No, no, to no, no, no.
0: No, I was, got cussed out a couple of times, <laughs> you know, a little discouraging, but you're just like that one more. Let me see if I can get somebody else. And it gets fun, especially during that time. Yeah. It was a pandemic. <laughs> no one's really doing anything. It's like I'm picking up a new hobby, right? I'm mm-hmm. taking a chance. I'm taking that, that little risk because I know that at that time I was kind of just working like other jobs, not a job for my profession. I could have got a job at a, you know somewhere but I didn't want to. I just wanted to take that risk on myself and I love it. It paid off.
1: 13,000 sold it for 30, 17,000. Ring that victory bell. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. There it is. But that's how it starts, right? Now yeah. you have proof of concept. Now you know that you can do it. I mean, it's one thing when your friend closes a deal and you're like, okay, well, that makes sense, but it's not like real yet, right? Until yeah. you get that check, until you get that 17000 put into your bank account and you're looking at it and you're like, oh no, this might've changed my life forever. Yeah. This might be the thing, right?
0: Yeah,
1: 100%. I mean, how did that feel? See, so You had 1500 You spent probably half of it, if not all of it, cleaning out the property. You're down to like nothing. <laughs> (laughs) nothing. nothing now. Right. You're living with your parents. Yeah. Right. And then you get 17,000. You feel like a millionaire?
0: Uh, Yeah, man. (laughs) It was proof of concept for me. Right. And you know, one thing about me, I always reinvest. So it's like, I had a plan of what I was going to do. But sometimes you can go too far, you know, maybe get too many VAs, spend too much on a list. Mm -hmm. And those are lessons you learn as well along the way. But it was just an exciting moment. And I was just ready to continue the journey. Awesome. Yeah.
1: So talk to me about how you found your Kegely franchises, how that all worked out, how it's going. Yeah. And for anybody that's not familiar, Kegely is one of the biggest wholesaling companies in the country. I consider them the best. I know they're technically ranked third, but the other two, I don't really consider because yeah, I don't think they do a great job. But Keegley does a phenomenal job of being the dispo, right? Selling yeah. the properties that other wholesalers, investors, real estate agents can't sell because they don't have the cash buyers, right? Yeah, That's 100%. the model. Yeah. So you have this big, robust cash buyer database in Vegas and in Cleveland. Yes, and sir. then you've got people that send you deals, you JV with them and you yeah. split
0: the deal, right? 100%. So how's that going? So it's going great. As you spoke on, I just got my second one a couple months ago. So working on scaling the both up second franchise yes sir yeah, Second franchise. yeah so just working on scaling them both up how that process kind of went was after i got my first deal i reinvested it in buying the astro flipping program but mm-hmm. then after i got that program i was able to you know utilize that community and i started understanding that model and doing more and more deals ended up getting a couple big deals and then i was trying to just figure out what i want to do with my money right wanted to spend it right when you get that much money it's like i don't want to just blow it, right? not do right. the right thing. So I just figured I reinvest in a business and that business has been turning out pretty well for me.
1: Because in between your first deal and buying the franchises, you closed like a, what was it? $90,000 deal? Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. And that was just direct to the property
0: owner. Yep, that was direct to seller. Right? Yes, sir. And
1: explain to people the difference between going direct, like size of deals, yeah. the amount of responsibility, the amount of steps. What's the difference between going direct to a property owner versus like the Keegley model of really working mostly with other investors, agents, and selling, and working more with the cash buyers?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you go direct to seller, well, you may just break down the whole situation. Yeah, sure. So- I was sending out a lot of text blasts, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you send out text blasts, sometimes you get responses and then sometimes people will text you back randomly out of nowhere. This is one of those cases where the guy texted me out of nowhere. He just texted me and said, hey, I'll be at the property Saturday at 10.30 AM out of nowhere. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll meet you there. I got to the property. I actually had no idea where the property was. At. I'd n- never been over there. <laughs> so I got to the property and I see it. You guys ever like looked at a property and seen that one bad house on a street full of amazing new builds. Everything's 2022, yep. HDTV, renovated. And it was that house. I mean, the guy had that house for, I want to say about 25 years. It was the middle of the pandemic and he needed the cash, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, the property's been vacant for about nine months. The tenant didn't pay any rent. I'm just looking to get out. And I was like, how much you want. He told me how much you wanted. It was 130000 Of course, I tried to negotiate him down a little bit more. Um,
1: why? Even though you knew it was a deal, why negotiate? Because this is an important point for everybody listening. I want everybody to take this as a coachable moment because there's a very specific reason why you don't take their offer right off the bat.
0: Yeah, 100%. Just because if it's that easy, the seller's going to be like, maybe I can get more, right? So you have to make it so that, okay, you're fighting for this number, right? And you're working up to it so mm-hmm. that it's a deal for both parties, right? His, they
1: have to feel like they won. Yeah, they had to feel like they they kind of beat you in the negotiation. Yeah, they had to feel like they won, right? So I think
0: I started at like 110 or maybe 100, and I was like, it's tough. He was like, my bottom line's 128. I was like, okay, you know, walked away, you know, thought about it, told him I had to call my partner, went to the car. Didn't call anybody. No.
1: You're your partner. <laughs> yeah. Talk to your alter ego or Yeah. yeah. Didn't
0: anybody. Came back and was like, all right, we can do it. Yeah. So I locked it up and I was able to sell it to a buyer in California for, I believe it was $220. Mm. how would you find that buyer? I found that buyer through going through Facebook and just uh, like reaching out to people, messaging people, outreaching. That way and like just them.
1: random people. Did you find them in like investor groups? Yeah, like okay. like
0: like investor groups. So I was able to do that. And then once I connected with the buyer, cause at first I was getting offers at like 180, mm-hmm. which was still a good deal, but I knew The ARV. I knew the area, so I was like, I'm not going to go with these numbers. Even though I still would have made something, and I had time on the contract, I was like, I know there's a higher number out there, so I waited it out. I don't necessarily encourage everybody to do that, but I mean, I felt like I could get more, so I wanted to maximize the deal. So I was able to maximize the deal, and I was able to close on it, double close on that deal, and make uh, $92,000. Love it.
1: And how important is it that... You have a big, strong buyers, you know, your cash buyer database. You know what I mean? How important is that in your business?
0: It's so important, right? People get great deals all the time, right? But they can't find an end buyer or Mm -hmm. they can't find either the right buyer for that deal. You can't get it sold and you don't get paid. So I think that's one of the best thing that Keeley offers is they offer that opportunity to just wholesalers and, you know, people in the community that have a great deal. Maybe they're great at on the acquisition side to be able to sell that deal and still make some money. What
1: does your business look like now? How many people work with you? What does it take to run, you know, two Kegely franchises doing, you know, multiple deals a month? How much manpower do you have? You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: yeah. So right now I have six employees looking to get more. So if you are possibly looking for a job, hit me up. So I have six employees looking to get more and it really just takes a a strong acquisition team. Sure. A great team and great partners to help us grow.
1: So what do you do in the business? What's your role right now in your business?
0: Yeah, I would say my role really, I mean, every day I'm doing a little bit of both is acquisition and disposition. Okay. But really growth, you know, helping people to know that we're in the Vegas market and that we're in the Cleveland market and to help us find more deals. All the deals I'm passing to my acquisition guys so that they make their money too on top of those deals as well. So I'm just trying to make it so everybody can eat. Love it,
1: love it. And what do you do? I always think that this is an interesting question because I think a lot of people have an issue here right before you're getting on the phone with a lead. What do you do to get yourself in like you know are you just ready? you're just like, you know what I got this late I'm gonna call it. Is there something that like a mental checklist you go through? Do you go to a certain spot in your house or your office or something to make your calls like what do you do so that you're really confident when you're making your call?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it starts with how you start your morning, right meditating, mm-hmm. saying my affirmations once I say my affirmations. And my goal of like where I want to be in five years, it's easy because I know I got to do, I got to put in that work every single day Mm -hmm. consistently to get there. So as long as like my mindset's right, I'm good to go. Love it. So
1: you're just throughout the day, you're just picking up the phone. I mean, how much of your day is on the phone?
0: I want to say about 30%, right? I have Mm -hmm. power hours. So, you know, hours where I just make calls consistently. And then I have a certain point in my day as well, where, you know, I'm answering calls from people that are trying to JV with us, do deals with us and just other things, you know, putting out some fires.
1: Love it. I'm sure everybody wants to know, what is the big five-year goal? I
0: mean, uh, listen, I get it. I know it's it's
1: weird to put it out there, but I mean, you say it every day. It's an affirmation. Like, what is the big goal? Is it having a bunch of units? Is it development? Is it being the bank? Is it, you know, having just a a huge wholesaling business? What do you see five years down the line? Five years down the
0: line, you know, I see wholesaling being a huge thing. Several franchises across the nation generating, you know, 5 million plus a month and then developments as well. Mm -hmm. Right now I have a development 28 unit that I just got approved in Akron, Ohio that I'm building. So just being able to also create affordable housing too. So I'm going to do that and just, just being a better person, you know, Yeah, personal growth is great for me, family, and just being able to look myself every day in the mirror and say, I'm helping my family. And also, you know, just to retire my parents, I want my parents to ever work again. So just enough money to just say, mom and dad, here you go.
1: Love it. I love it. What do you do for, I mean, obviously you were in Astro as a mentorship and then bought into the Kegely franchise, which that's really like a big mentorship with a lot more added benefits, but what do you do for personal development and how long have you been doing personal development, reading books, listening to You know what I mean? Like, do you have a routine? Do you have something that you like doing? Like what part of your schedule is about just working on
0: you? No, 100%. I think every single quarter is I dedicate a certain amount of my income to just masterminds. I think it's important to pay to play. And I learned that a while ago. It's like when you pay to play, guys look at you differently. You know, maybe you spend twenty five hundred or five thousand or you know, even when you start getting into the big boy stuff, you know, twenty-five, fifty thousand mm-hmm. to go to a mastermind, to get around those other minds, see what they're doing. That's some of the things that I'm doing now to just take my game to the next level and just also surrounding myself with the right people, whether that's in my field or not in my field, but mm-hmm. just people and that's why I'm Super like down to the mood of Phoenix just because there's so many like-minded young people that are doing excellent things out here. Yeah. And just being, you know, rubbing shoulders with that energy is something that I'm super down with.
1: I love it. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Come
0: on. <laughs> Come to
1: Phoenix. that would <laughs> be <same>. great. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Good. Well, how can people get a hold of you? How can people reach out? They want to say congratulations. They want to JV with you. They want to yeah. learn some things from you. How do people get a hold of you?
0: Yeah. Guys, if you guys want to do some deals with me, shoot me a message on my Instagram at ITS j-w-i-l-l if you guys want to email me as well it's lv deals at KigleyMart.com. so that's lv then deals and then that's at k-e-y-g-l-e-e-m-a-r-t and we're doing deals in las vegas and ohio so either one of those markets Let's get at me. Love it.
1: Jameson, thank you for being on the podcast. That is awesome. And that is it for our podcast. Uh, Make sure that if you are in any of those markets, Akron, Vegas, Cleveland, Phoenix, reach out to Jameson and uh, squad up 100%. And that's it. I will sign off as I always do, encouraging you to go out there and talk to people. Love you guys. Talk to you soon.